Hi guys, you're listening to episode two of the Tribe and Diaries podcast. I'm Hannah. I'm Erin. <laughs> oh no, we listen. And guys, I can't this like seven times. Yes, we're having a little bit of a giggle, but I feel like this is going to break the ice. I think we're a bit uncomfortable in this episode because we're probably going to get a bit emotional. Yeah, I already feel the tears coming out. We're going to be talking about self-love and we've been sitting here talking for a half an hour about like roughly what we're going to cover. So obviously we're like, wow, this is going to be deep and a tough one yeah so we're after literally recording maybe like five or six times and we just couldn't stop laughing but i feel like it's better if we're being more natural with you guys and it's all about self-love so yeah exactly i'm loving myself even though i started this like an awkward turtle (laughs) i still like like myself i don't care if you think i'm being an ej i'm still here thriving exactly and so we're gonna start off just roughly discussing what each of us feel like self-love is for me, my self-love journey has been a, quite a hard, long one. I'm still ongoing with it. I think that, obviously, it's accepting um the way I look and who I am on the inside. I feel like maybe I've struggled the most on who I am on the inside. But, yeah, I'm still working through it. But we're going to discuss lots of different occasions that have um impacted us on our journey and how we've gotten over that. Yeah, so for me, self-love is just accepting who you are on the inside and you're not defined about how you look on the outside Um, I think I really struggled with what I looked like on the outside I I do struggle with how I feel on the inside too but my big thing is my appearance yeah and self-confidence yeah I feel like that's the same for a lot of people yeah um I feel like this is going to be very relatable for a lot of young girls yeah and I would love love to have a podcast like this when I was 14 to relate yeah. to yeah sure. podcasts weren't really a thing when we were like 14 no no, Only in the past two years. Yeah, like, I don't even think that we had kind of YouTube or anything to, like, to listen to people like this, just chat. It wasn't yeah. very normal. We had nothing to look up to. No. Like, we were literally just watching Hannah Montana on Disney Channel. <laughs> <laughs> You're a chill <laughs> Right, so guys, we are going to talk about some experiences that have stood out to us um through our early years. Maybe once that we felt... Our insecurities were born true. So the question I have here is, children are born loving themselves, but it's our experiences that change that. What are these experiences for you, Hannah? So I think I did have a confident childhood. Like I was confident in myself up until maybe secondary school. I did struggle in primary school with like a few things, but I'm over that now. Like it doesn't hurt me anymore. Yeah. But like, do you remember the times that that stood out for you? Well... In secondary school, it would be probably my skin. Yeah. I obviously struggled with acne. I still do. Yeah. On and off. But it was a big thing when I was in school. So maybe from the age of 13. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just I was just really insecure how I looked. Um, I was on like so many different tablets from the doctor. Really? Creams. But nothing ever worked. Um, I'd often like people would like point out to me and then I'd be more aware of it. Like maybe no it wouldn't even bother me as much, but... If other people are saying it, I'm like, oh shit, this... It must be true. Yeah, yeah, this is true. And then I literally just define myself as someone who was someone with disgusting skin. You no know, way. like that word is terrible to say about yourself. But like, there were times where felt. like, I wouldn't even want to look in the mirror because I would think that I'm disgusting. I know that is so like raw yeah. and honest, but that's just how I felt as a person. Yeah. Um. Like what would people say to you that made you feel like that? Well, I just, this bit always just sticks out for me is I remember we were in a pub and um, we're just sitting around a table and I don't even know what it was, but like someone just said to me like, oh, 
Jesus, Hannah, look at your skin, something like that. And I just like ran to the bathroom, started bawling, crying, and I wanted yeah. to go home. But I remember you were there, but yeah. you were like, I didn't even really tell anyone, but like I was fine. But there was just loads of those experiences yeah. that, that I went through. And yeah. It's mad because we grew up together and I never once looked at you and saw skin. Like I see you and I just see my best friend that I love. Like I don't see. That. I know, and that's the same. Like I don't look at anyone and look at their skin, yeah. but I was just so convinced in my own head that everyone yeah. was looking at me. Like I didn't even like sitting out in sunlight because I know yeah. that I'd like directly make it noticeable. No way. I wouldn't want to be around anybody without makeup on. The only person I would be around without makeup on is my mom. Yeah. Because I'd always think, even my siblings, like, they don't even care what I look yeah. like. But I'd always be like, oh shit, they're looking at my rotten skin. Like, what the fuck? And another experience I was being through is I'd commute to work every day on the train. Yeah. And I'd always, like, have a hoodie that would cover me. Yeah. Or, like, a scarf that would cover me. And I'd always think, like, people were looking at me or I'd be walking around on the street. And if even someone glimpsed at me, like, we all look at people walking past us on the street. Yeah. But I'd always be convinced they're looking at my skin. Made you paranoid. Yeah. So I was so paranoid, but... And then I laugh and now because everyone has to wear masks now on the train yeah. and I work from home and I didn't get that benefit. Oh no! <laughs> Don't take that, I little swear. angel. No, I swear. Like I was like, oh, that would have been great. Yeah. I would have loved masks back then yeah. to hide myself, you know. But um, my skin is all good now. I don't struggle that much with it, but I did. I still do have the habits. Yeah, like what are those habits for you? I still carry like the habit of always putting my hand on my face yeah even if I'm taking a photo on my fucking snapchat yeah I'd always cover my face even if yeah. I have nothing there to cover it's just I'm just so used to doing I this. give out to you for that I know like sometimes it'll just be me and Hannah and she'll like put her hand on my face and I'll just take it and I'll be like bitch you're beautiful you're <laughs> stunning on your own you don't have to cover that I know peep the ice cream van outside guys whoop, whoop, <laughs> little uh, ice cream break <laughs> um no yeah so yeah I still have those habits but Aaron made me notice them, so I'm learning to yeah. stop doing them anymore. Because I feel like we all carry um body language that coincides with whatever we're insecure about. Yeah. So those little things, even though like Hannah loves herself, Hannah accepts herself now and her skin, but if she's still doing that, that's just like that's basically just like a scar of what she used to feel like. Yeah. So body language is kind of recognizing what you're doing to hide yourself and realizing you don't have to. Everyone around you accepts you. Yeah, just like someone who could break their leg might limp for a month after. Exactly. That's know? exactly it. That's so yeah. good. Um, is there any other experiences you had that you were insecure about? Any other like body parts or um I'd say my ear. So yeah. basically, right, I've one ear bigger than the other. Yeah. <laughs> which is random, but I feel like that just makes me me now. I'm yeah. totally accepting of that now, but there was often be a time where I was only a kid, so I didn't really think out of it. Like, yeah. I was born with this, you know? Yeah. But it was always said to me as a joke, but her inside. Like, other kids? Not, well, yeah, other kids in school, but not really. They didn't annoy me that much. My family would always say it, but they'd only say it in a messing way. But yeah. inside, I'd be like, oh, God. Maybe there's something wrong with me that yeah. I have one, yeah. Yeah, but just say, like, we'd have, like, fights with people when we were younger it'd always be that yeah. that they'd say to me um everyone always has a thing that is wrong with them that we'd always pick out like i'm guilty of it too yeah if i'm having a fight with someone you'd always pick out one thing that you know they're insecure about because you know yeah. it's gonna hurt yeah so people would do that with me because i know i that made me insecure and i'd often be like oh maybe i should just get my ear pinned back and i'd always look in the mirror and i'd always hold it back to see what i'd look Stop. like normally. no i'll actually cry 
<laughs> oh yeah no but I don't care now because sometimes I still do that I'm like no I actually look weird like that yeah. like with two normal same size ears like and you like, are perfect the way you are yeah I don't care now but like I would literally never wear my hair up yeah. I can remember getting a skill photo taken in skill skill photo taken in skill <laughs> But uh, I remember used to wear these big huge hair bands. The girls probably know they're like the the thick penny the chunky Bebo ones. LOL. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I remember one of the male teachers were like, "Take that off for the photo." And I was like, "I am not taking this hair band yeah. off." And he was like, "Take it off, take it off." I was like, "No." And I just remember looking back in that photo, and I was wearing this poxy headband. Like, yeah. just take it off, Hannah. Like, no one's looking at your ear. It's mad. No, but well. yeah, I'm so over that now. Like, it yeah. doesn't bother me anymore. But my skin still does a little bit. Yeah. But. Well, that's still something that you're healing through. Like, you're yeah. not just gonna wake up one day and say, "I'm fucking fabulous." Yeah, and everyone used to always would he say, "Oh, you're gonna grow out of it." No, that was not. bullshit. <laughs> I hate that phrase. Ten we, years later, I still struggle with it. Like we were talking about this beforehand, and I was like, "Fuck growing out of it." No one told us to grow into it. Yes. To love it yeah. for what it is. Yeah. Exactly. Like, you know, people saying you're gonna grow out of your skin. Like, you're not gonna wake up one day and have a new layer of skin. No. That's yours. Yeah, you're gonna have scars, but just love them anyways. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Oh, I love that. <laughs> what about you? experience wise yeah oh god like mine started very very young like I think that's the difference I know you're you're talking about acne coming in when you know the puberty puberty years started and like I was born with eczema so I had that from a very very young age but I definitely had a different experience I had an experience where like kids were actually quite cruel about it um I think it's because maybe it was a fascination that I had red skin like all over my face my legs my arms like so I'd be in school and I used to pull my sleeves down over my hands and like I actually used to wrap tissue around my hands and I remember being in a nightclub a couple of years ago and someone saying remember in primary school and you'd wrap tissue around your hands ha 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 is there still something wrong with them yeah I'll tell you who it is <laughs> but um yeah and then obviously people would call me granny hands and that because I had to use these steroid creams on my hands and my hands like look quite wrinkly but when I was little as well, people would use that phrase and say, you're going to grow over. You're not going to have eczema forever. And the doctors would be like, you know, maybe she'll grow over. So I always had this kind of limitation on myself that you're I was always waiting. Exactly. It it's done. like this magic, like I'll get a magic tablet and it will suddenly be gone. And that I would love and accept myself when I didn't have eczema. Yeah. So I was just waiting and waiting and waiting for this to go. And when really you should have just oh, accepted it so yourself. Sad. And like there were so many memories where I used to be so jealous of you. Like I used to see you jumping in, laughing with our friends, and you know I didn't know you were going through insecurities of yourself, but I'd be seeing you swimming, and you used to be wearing little shorts, little belly tops, and I'd be sitting there covered head to toe in black jeans and a black long sleeve top, thinking, I do not want anyone to even know I'm here. I don't want anyone to see my skin. Oh. Um, like I remember when we first started secondary school, I really thought that that was like my moment that no one would give a shit. Yeah, because we're, we're older. Exactly, we were getting older, and um, I remember, you know, I I think I got with a fella for like a day or something, and then like whatever, we dumped that boy, like stinky boy, <laughs> but all his friends were like, oh yeah, you dumped that cherry face one, and everyone was like calling me cherry face because I had like a rash on my face. Yeah. Um, when I was younger, I obviously had allergies I didn't know about. Like it was, I it wasn't my fault, and the hormones and becoming a teenager like made this redness come out even more so. Yeah, like, I remember going to the Young Scientist or something, or I think it was a choir show, 
And I used to wear them hairbands as well. But I remember wearing one of them hairbands and having like this oily ointment cream on my face and everyone being like, why is your face so shiny? And I'm just like, leave me alone. I'm just trying to help myself. Like people look at you and they like slag you and you're like, but you don't know what I'm going through. Like I'm trying to get rid of this. Like, you know. Like, and I feel people used to look and think eczema was like a dirty thing. Yeah. Like, ew, what's that? But no, you're probably the most cleanest person because you're washing your face I used to have to have fucking salt rock baths every (laughs) fucking night. Like, it was tough. Um, that was definitely, definitely one of the hardest things to accept about myself. Like, your skin is the first thing you see. Like, that's why I think we are, again, the yin and yang of the skin scale. Like, you suffered with acne and I suffered with eczema. And we both were different ends of the spectrum, but we both struggled with the same insecurity of trying to hide. Yeah, trying to hide your body. Yeah. When it's literally... It's the first thing that people see. Yeah. And now that we're older, I feel like we've definitely helped each other accept skin has been such an emotional subject for me and you yeah because it's just been hard the teenage years were hard like kids can be so cruel do you ever go back and look at photos well i'd always take before and after photos to see that i ever see an improvement yeah. and in the photo in the before photo you're crying yeah in the photo oh yeah and then obviously you take the after and it's it's yeah. sad looking back on because you're like i know exactly how you felt in yeah. that moment when you took that photo i know no. like i remember maybe being like 13 and 14 and pulling the blinds in my house and on a hot summer day and my dad coming in saying what's the story you're not going out to play with your friends and I'd just be like leave me alone and I'd sob all day in the dark because I knew that if I went out everyone'd be like why are you wearing so much clothes yeah why are aren't you wearing shorts like the rest of us why aren't you jumping in to see us why aren't you having fun with us and oh it's just it's been hard yeah but we're definitely getting there like you know, meeting Dean. Dean's my boyfriend. I already told y'all, but he gonna be mentioned a lot. He my honey, <laughs> and he didn't give a fuck. No, I was like, "What's the story with a bloke actually looking at me and not caring?" Like, and I you used, were worried about that, weren't you? I used to like not even meet boys because I thought, "What if they saw that I had a red rash on my hand? Like, they'd think I'm rotten." And because like girls did point it out, they'd be like, "Oh God, Evan, that looks so sore. Oh, what's that? Ew." Like, just let me thrive and let me have fun. Yeah. I know how you feel. Like, I'd always never want to sit close to someone. Because I think they'd look at me and they'd see it all Yeah, it's like, just because they're normal. Yeah. Yeah. When really, it has probably made us more fucking, you know, layered people. Because now we can, like, help other people. We look at people in a room. If someone else has a skin issue, we can comfort them. Yeah. We know what they're going through. Yeah. But we don't even look at them and say, oh, look at their skin. No, I want to see what they're like as a person. Exactly. You know. Exactly. Yeah. Um, maybe another experience of being self-conscious about something is I have tiny little short legs. Like all of the little grants me family have short legs. My mom has short legs. And it's something that I never give a shite about. They're a pair of legs. They're chunky. They're great. They hold me upright. I appreciate my legs. Yeah. But I remember a fella in school being like someone... Um, that fancied me or something I was like ick get away and he was like oh big baseball bat legs on you my little sister as well she has the same shape legs as me and they'd call her yam legs yeah. <laughs> like a sweet potato <laughs> because they were short and wide okay but like 
that made me so self-conscious. I actually started wearing pants in school instead of a skirt because I was like scarlet of my legs. That's yeah, another I thing. I actually remember that. Yeah, and with the red eczema on the back of my legs, that's why I started wearing pants. And all the lads in school would be like, Erin's a dyke. Erin's the only girl that wears pants. Yeah, she is such a lesbian. Why is she wearing pants? I wore pants because I had red legs that all y'all slagged, okay? So the memo of this is do not slag people. Don't point out things that they do differently. We they know might... what we have. Like, stop pointing them out to make it exactly. worse. Exactly. <laughs> exactly oh stop I could talk about it all day but yeah. yeah definitely accepting my little legs and now that I've started like doing the gym with Sophie like Sophie's my PT I am so appreciative of my big strong yam baseball bat legs yeah. because I am like lifting set 60 kg on the leg press like these are strong ass legs exactly. and I love them yeah. and I have a big fat ass that's gonna grow the size of the moon and I'm here for that <laughs> yeah so I accept them. I wish I could go back and tell my younger self, like, you know, how I feel now. Because she did not deserve to feel that way. No. Another experience that I remember is that when we were maybe, could have been 11 or 12. Yeah, we were and young. we, you know, we used to go to the Krez discos and all that. And we'd sit around in a group of girls, like the friends we used to hang around with. And we'd all point out something. We'd call it truth hour. We'd call it true hour, yeah. yeah. Or honesty hour. And something like that. We'd talk about, like, you know, things that we thought were ugly about the other. Why did we do that? I don't know. That was so strange. Do you remember that movie, Angus Tong's a Perfect Snoggin? And yeah. they, like, rate each other's looks. And they give, like... She's like, you gave me a six for my nose, George. Yeah. <laughs> or oh, my God, yeah. Um, but I feel like that was very similar. And yeah, we probably got it from that. As movie. young girls, we it's like that quote, comparison is the tea for joy. We try to compare ourselves to our peers and it makes us feel better if we say something bad about them. Yeah. Which is terrible. Like, it I is. feel like, that you know. toxic. I remember I got... Um, I lost like me puppy fat, and I was just still a normal size. And someone saying, "Oh, uh, that Erin one's definitely not getting fed at home or something," Jesus. just because they were probably like, uh, jealous that I was coming into myself, and then that made me embarrassed that I actually looked yeah. okay. So I'm like, "What can I not look good? Can I not look bad? Can I have nice skin? Can I not have nice skin?" Yeah. Like, we can't do anything right. Yeah, I know. People always have something to say about. Can I be skinny? Can I be fat in peace? Like, yeah. Jesus. weight yeah weight is a big thing as well I think for me like definitely um something that I've had to learn to accept and I think it's because like I feel like Irish women have a quite a toxic weight culture well that's what I've been you know mm-hmm. witnessing anyway growing up like you know eating a bag of chips and feeling so guilty after yeah then you start to associate food with guilt all the time yeah Um, have you any experiences with that I just feel like it's always the first thing someone points out at you. It's like yeah. a nearly an accomplishment if you're skinny. Like, if you lose weight, people are like, oh my God, you look amazing, you lost loads of weight. But they don't know why you lost weight. Yeah. You know? You could have been sick. I, like, I lost a stone when I had coronavirus. And yeah. It was the first thing people say to me, whoa, you lost so much weight. Yeah, give us a bit of that corona. But like, like yeah. I was ill for two weeks. I, I didn't know. want to lose a stone. No. I, I was perfectly happy the way I looked, yeah. you know? And the same thing, if you gain weight, people are like, are you okay? Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm okay. What? Weight is just a fucking, like, a little bit of fast around in your... Irish people set, like, are obsessed with yeah. weight. Like, obsessed. they literally don't find themselves on their weight. You think of the mammies in Slim and World and all that, oh, like Slim and World Weight Watchers culture. Sins, even in Slim and yeah. World. Why is food called sins? Yeah, like, it shouldn't what? be sins. No. Oh my God, that's a good one. Yeah. No, that's terrible. Like, I think we all have, well, most of us have our mammies that have to be in the Slim and World, which is fine. They want to get into shape, but it's associating weight as a bad thing all the time. 
And I feel like once you associate it as a bad thing, you're less likely to become your healthiest self because you're always going to be in that negative thinking yeah. that I am fat. I need to lose weight. Yeah. You're not driven by I want to be healthy. I am happy. Yeah. You're not driven by the positive side of it. No. No. In relation to, you know, that kind of toxic weight culture, I think that there's other patterns in Irish behaviour that yeah. is not good for your self-love. No, you have to have thick skin if you're Irish. That quote, yeah, have thick skin. And, you know, sitting around slagging each other for a laugh, like, you know, all of us sitting in the pub and people would just turn around and point something out. Like that experience you had with your skin in the pub, he probably done that to arise laughter and everybody else. Yeah, yeah. But, but really it just no. pushes you. Like, if you're about to say something that's going to hurt someone else to make people laugh, where's that coming from? That's coming from an insecurity in you. You just want to be the top dog, show Exactly. Off. Yeah. yeah, it's like, you know, the bravado of people in a pub. Yeah. Like, just shut up. Like, slagging is not a personality trait. No. It's not. Um, You know, pub banter is not something to aspire to if it's going to be putting other people down all the time because me and you have so much fucking fun like we have so much laughter and is it ever by putting ourselves or other people down no 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 we don't sit around slagging people or if someone walks in you're not saying oh look at them but i feel like people are and sometimes you just know when you're walking into pub and there's a group of people and everyone looks at someone when they walk in and you know they're gonna say something do you remember like we'd stand outside the pub you go first no you go first yeah no you (laughs) and we'd literally do like fucking rock paper scissors to see who would have to do the walk of shame past all the lads <laughs> you know sometimes you get a cock call sometimes someone's gonna say that your skin's rotten you don't know what you're gonna get like a fucking don't even know oh God, roll the dice and see what you're gonna get tonight like but yeah just fake it till you make it and be confident and walk in like yeah you're the best person yes in the world. like you are the baddest bitch yeah ever yeah uh, another question that we have here is what attitudes have you had that represent a lack of self-love and how did you unlearn them growing up for me it's definitely people pleasing yes yes for sure for sure i would always put people first i would never say no Mm. even at something that i didn't want to do i just didn't want to say no because i'd feel so guilty i'm really i'm really bad with guilt even if i don't do anything wrong oh my god guilt is like yeah it crushes me and why like i don't know i'm just like oh my god if i don't do that like they're gonna hate me yeah oh i don't know um what else do do i have maybe because we expected so much from you growing up like i feel like you were always put pressure as like the mammy friend but i sometimes you do like yeah one friend in the group kind of does take that responsibility yeah of being the mommy friend like do you feel like you put that guilt on yourself or did someone else give you it i don't even know but i just i don't know yeah the mommy friend the born friend no i hate this <laughs> stereotype that you, people I have stuck you with God. like give some examples of the compare comparisons you've had to like pop culture icons like Desperate Housewives. Oh yeah, always being called Brie Van de Camp. Um, Charlotte. With Charlotte Sex, with Sex and the City. It's yeah. always these stuck up people. Yeah. That are the mam of the group, or they're boring, or yeah. they're like, what else? Which is what is their characteristics? So like? I th- I think that's like imposter syndrome that you have, that you think that. Yeah. So you you have this idea, right? Like I am supposed to be this person in this group, so I have to people please, and I carry this guilt and. I'm like this rigid character. But and that's not I, who you are. And if I sway out of that even a little bit, 
it would be pointed out like, oh my God, Hannah's doing this. Everybody yeah, or oh my God, Hannah's kissing the boy. Oh my God, look, Hannah. Yeah. Like putting so much pressure on so you. So then I never would do anything that wouldn't be like, I am the mom of the group. Yeah, so it's, I think it's like part of your self journey has been breaking free of the stereotypes that other people have placed on you. Yeah. And yeah. looking in the mirror and saying, I am not even that person that you say Do you know I who am? you are? Bubbly, fun, loving, confident. Yeah. Like, th- this is who you are doing a podcast Which I remember when we were doing our birth charts and mine was like, how you come across as someone when you yeah. first meet them. And mine was like, bold, enthusiastic. And I'm like to Erin, no, I'm shy. But and I'm I was not. like, Hannah, no, you're not shy. I just define myself as shy because people have said I was shy. Yeah. You know? So it's, as we said, unlearning those habits yes. and unlearning those attitudes. Yeah. So definitely I am putting myself first. Yeah. I say no, no bother now. Like if someone's asked me for a lend and I don't, even if I don't have money, even if I have yeah. money, that's what the money I worked for. So yeah. I'm saying no, no bother. Yeah. Like you used to give us money to go out every weekend. You used to hand me a 20 euro note to go out. That's and just because like, I wanted you to go out. <laughs> no, but that was like, looking back, I shouldn't have done that. But that was, I think that was an act of kindness on your part. And I feel like that's where kindness and people pleasing can kind of get a little bit tangled up because yeah. you do things from the goodness of your heart. And I'm stretching out my kindness. You do. That's a, that's a good quote. You are stretching yeah. out your kindness. And you done that because I was, you know, I had just moved into my nanny's house. I had no money. I, like, had no clothes. You used to dress me, do my makeup, put eyelashes on me that lies, make yeah. me look bleak and gorgeous, mm-hmm. and put 20 euro in my pocket to go down to the home with you. Yeah. And I always had the best fucking night, and I'd rock home with you. And you always made me feel so special. Mm. So I feel like, yeah, you are still a very kind person, but it's finding that boundary to people pleasing. Yeah, I think I have though. I'm yeah. very different now. Like you texted me a while ago. Someone texted her and was like, hey, have you got a uh, 20 euro? And she just sent me a screenshot. And she's like, no, sorry. No. <laughs> and I was like, this queen says no. Aaron would always be in my corner, like fighting me if I ever yeah. like said yeah to someone that I didn't want to. Yeah, for sure. Because it can, if it's coming from people pleasing and it comes from that space, you'll end up resenting people who take too much from you. But it's your own fault. If because you're, you're saying, not saying yeah no. all the time, people are just going to expect it. So. Yeah. They'll exploit your kindness. Yeah. And when you say no, they, if they react in a bad way, then that's their own toxic shite that they have to deal yeah, with. it's nothing on your character. No. So, no. guys, m- memo here is say no. Say no without feeling guilty. Yes. No need to feel guilty of putting yourself first and your self-love first. So, yeah. yeah. Um, any other attitudes that you have? Lack of self-love? No. 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 You vibrate high, queen. Yeah. For me, I think maybe jealousy, impatience, resentment, all that. I feel like... Because the world had hurted me so much in the first 20 years of my life, I felt like the world owed me something. Mm-hmm. So if somebody didn't act a certain way, I would think like, you know, why aren't they doing this to meet my needs? Because my, my needs were so huge because I was lacking so much self-love. Yeah. Um. For example, like, you know, I'd expect someone to drop me somewhere or to do, you know, a task for me. And if they didn't, I'd think they didn't even like me. You know, it would be so extreme because everything was so extreme in my early years. Everything was so black and white. So I had to, you know, step back under and, okay, everything's technicolor. Nothing's black and white. Just because someone can't do something for me doesn't mean they don't like me. doesn't mean they hate me. That means that they are, as you are saying, they have boundaries. They, They said no. 
So I needed to learn to accept the no's of other people. So me and you are again like on other ends of the spectrum. You're the people pleaser and I'm the person that's not happy with people who didn't people please me. Um, So I've definitely come to a more open space and I don't care who says no. I want everyone to be, you know, prioritizing themselves and living their best lives. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I am not a toxic bitch no more. An example of me being toxic would have been you know in my relationship I expected so much from my partner so much that like he would no one person can meet all your needs Mm -hmm. because I you know had inconsistent love as a child growing up like one minute I'd be getting some one minute I wouldn't when you're an adult your attachment style you can have different attachment styles could be anxious could be whatever we'll talk about attachment styles in another podcast but I was very anxious and I expected him to be there for me all the time I expected him to you know like drop his friends in a second to be able to come spend time with me because I was anxious and I was needy yeah and I had to unlearn that I had to look in like someone actually said to me last year and they were like well maybe you're the problem I was like whoa I was like what don't say that they were like yeah maybe you expect too much why don't you just give him a break and I was like yes you are right I am expecting Sometimes you just need the harsh truth. You need to look inside and think, am I being a toxic person? Yes, I am. Yeah. Like, just because I've come on a journey of self-love doesn't mean that I am this, like, flower power sunshine girl. Mm-hmm. I have had moments where I've been a shitty person and I hold my hands up high to that. So, yeah, I just had to stop expecting so much from everyone around me and start filling my own cup and doing that for myself. Yeah, like... It's def you can definitely see it like you're so independent yeah. very independent yeah um I think I always was independent but I was just screaming out for someone to love me yeah but that's just your child self yeah but that inner child inner healing. child yeah we'll do sure. one on that that as well yeah um so what else have we got here what tips have you got for any little horns trying to love themselves hmm you're not defined by what you look like amen no one's actually looking at you. Like, they're too worried about what they think about themselves. Nobody actually gives a shite about you. <laughs> like, well. you can just go out and have a fucking ball. Yeah. And no one actually cares. Yeah, just have a good Do you know time. what? It's actually important here. The dan- dancing. Okay? Yeah. Uh, me and you love fucking dancing. And yeah. nobody looks or gives a shite. No. But we know lots of people who will sit their arse down and not dance. Yeah. But th- that attitude has to come in here. No one cares. Yeah, exactly. If you go on a dance floor and you're like all nervous in your head and you're like, oh, who's looking at me? They're going to look at you. Yeah, but if you're shows. living your best life, throwing your hands up in the air, people are looking at you like, well, look at them having the best look time Look at ever. them having the best time ever. I'm going to go up and dance and I'm going to slut jock with yeah. them. So Grand on the henny. Get out and dance, people. No yes. one's looking at you. Yes. And oh, what about your social media um, oh, yeah. tips? Just unfollow people that give you false persona yeah. of their life. Like, like a highlight reel. Yeah. So like if you're going on Instagram, like people would say, Instagram's toxic, but it's only toxic if you make it toxic. Yes. Like if you're going on and you're following all these influencers, like gym people, and you're just constantly comparing yourself, yeah. unfollow them and just follow other pages. Like if I go on my Instagram, not messing, I probably see two normal posts. All the we, rest are just, All we do is send each other quotes. All of mine are just positive quotes, positive yes. quotes. And I think it's really helped me. Yeah. Like I went on like a social media cleanse there for about a week. Yeah. But I kept Instagram because I love going on Instagram and seeing all these motivational quotes. Yeah. And um, 
it has really helped me because like sometimes I'd buy quotes off other people that sell their art. So yeah. shout out Laura Duffy Art. I yes. bought hers because she had one of a girl with spots on her face. Yeah. And it was stop overthinking you look unreal and yeah. i stuck that on the mirror in my room seen it every single day and i still yeah, have there. it i have that there Aaron has it as well yeah. um i don't know lauren has it as well shout out lauren murphy <laughs> yeah that's the that's the quote like anytime that you're thinking you look shit like stop overthinking you look unreal yeah just look in the mirror and you see that every day it's yeah. constant reminder and i tell you what like confidence and being gorgeous is all in the eyes like anytime me and you get a photo, what do you say to me? Smile with your eyes. Smile with your eyes. It's so babes. obvious if you're sad, yeah. if you're not smiling with your eyes. I don't care what you're wearing. I don't care if you can't afford the nicest things and you don't look like a bleeding NCAD student walking around and you're not the big hipster that you want to be. Like, I don't care if you're wearing a fucking pair of leggings and a t-shirt. Yeah. Like, if you just feel gorgeous, that'll radiate from you. Yeah. You know? 100%. Um, yeah, so basically a couple of people as well to follow on social media for self-love is Vex King. Yeah, for sure. Me and Hannah love Vex King. Follow him on Instagram, read his books. He has really helped with our self-love. Oh yeah, good vibes, good life. Good vibes, good life. And then Unreal healing book. is yeah, he- new high. Unreal. Me and Erin are still in the middle of reading that. Uh, we also love Sinead Hegg, Sinead Haggerty. She yeah. has a podcast here as well called uh, The Sinead Says Podcast. Yeah. We absolutely adore her. Anyone else for self-love? Who so- are your self-love icons? Little Penny Tots. Yes, I yes, love her. Love her. Follow stand. her on Instagram as well. Um, yeah, so what advice would you give to a little Hannah struggling with her self-love? Oh, that's actually a sad question. Yeah. And that gets me a bit emotional. Have you ever done a meditation on this, actually? No. No? No. I, I done one, one once and I cried my eyes out. I remember you telling me and you went and you even picked up your baby self. Yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely should. Right, so what's your advice, right? Envision, close your eyes and vision. Young 14-year-old Hannah is sitting there. She's scarlet. She's worried about her skin. She's worried about her rears. She feels like everyone's staring at her. You walk over to her. You hold her hand. What do you say? I'll stop all crying. <laughs> Are you crying? Yeah. Oh, I knew this would get deep and emotional. <laughs> what are you going to tell her? Um, no one's looking at you. No. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Yeah, just tell her what you want to tell her. So take a deep breath. All right. I would say to younger Hannah, no one's looking at you. you you're not defined by what you look like. You know your worth on the inside. You know you're a good person. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's emotional. I can't do that. Would just, you give her a big hug? Yeah. Just... Take off the hairband. Put your hair up. Yeah. Stop wearing concealer because it's just making your face worse. Oh, <laughs> like, that's so true. It is. Take it off. Get a baby wipe. You're grand. Yeah. And no, you won't grow out of it. You no. still have it 10 years later. Yeah. And you've fully accepted yourself now. I can yeah. look in the mirror and I know I'm an unreal person. I am not defined about what yes. I look like. I'm not defined about all the spots on no. my face. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Live your life for to 14 year old Hannah. Oh. What about you? What would you say to young Erin? I mean, I just walk over, turn her fucking hand facing me, and say, Look at that gorgeous red flaky skin queen, you're a fucking ride. We are out I love you. And that's all that matters. You don't need to look outside for other people to accept you because I got you. Yeah. You know, ten as you said, 10 years from now, like, look at me now. I don't give a shite. My skin is glowing. Yeah, so if you're young out there and you're listening, yeah. stop worrying. It'll be okay. You're not defined by what you look like. No, I know I've said not. that about seven times. But, but this is the key. I think it's very important because 
people just care about their looks nowadays. Yeah. But like looks fade. Yeah. It's the inside that counts. It is the inside you know? that counts. It's being kind. Yeah. It's being thoughtful. Yeah. It's if if you right, you know the RuPaul quote, if you can't love yourself, how the hell are you gonna love somebody else? Can I get an amen up in here? Amen. So basically that quote, there's a lot more to that quote. Yeah. Like, if you cannot actually look inside and love you, you can't love your partner, you can't love your friends, you can't love your family, because you don't even accept you. So, like, stop, you know, trying to give everyone else so much and just look at you and give you what you need. Yeah. You are your priority. Yes, I love that. Okay, guys, so I think that's everything that we wanted to cover. I suppose the main thing that we done here was show you that everybody struggles with something and there's no magic trick to loving yourself it is a process and you have to trust the process and each day you just have to edge closer to accepting yourself yeah for the good and the bad yeah um you're not gonna wake up one day and just magically fix it but try if you're good on the inside then everything else is good everything else is good self-love is your first step to you know, being happy and all the greater goods in life. It's a lifelong process. Yeah, so everyone should start their self-love journey today. Yes. If you listen to this podcast. Listen to this podcast, become inspired and just tell yourself you're bleeding guard just because you fucking are. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, so thank you for tuning in. This has been Erin. This is Hannah. See you later. Bye.